It is a great God, to, great day to praise God, amen? It's good to see each and every one of you today. I've seen a lot of folks that are visiting with us. If you are, we want you to know you're our honored guest. We're glad that you're here. If you're looking for a church home, we would love to have you at Southgate. Uh, it has been a busy, busy week with a lot of different things that have gone on. We want to welcome back those that have been on the mission field. We've got a number that were at the City of Children, some that were in Panama as well uh, during this last week. And uh, we know that they were involved in some good work, and we want uh, God to continue to bless what is going on there. Uh, we left. Uh, uh, I was able to go to Mexico last week, and as we left, we sort of flew over all the storms. You saw all those, the damage that was done. It's a devastating week for a lot of people. Of course, in our own community, we've seen other devastating news with the school shooting. So we prayed for that this morning. Uh, life is full of life-changing moments. Uh, some of them are good, and some of them are, are difficult and can be, be, be horrific. Uh, it really made me think about a little bit of what we're looking at this morning on the idea of a deliverer. Uh, we have good days where God can bless us. We have other days where we're just trying to get through. Sometimes we face difficult times because of our choices. Sometimes we face difficult times simply because of circumstances. But what we want, without exception, is as we're dealing with suffering, as we're dealing with difficulty, we want deliverance. We want the problems that we have to go away. We want the consequences that we're facing to be lightened. We want uh, to be set free from the difficulty that we have. We want a deliverer. And that's what I want to pose to you as a question this morning. Uh, next week, we're going to come together and we're going to be talking about Jesus' death and his resurrection. I want to encourage you and remind you that a lot of people are thinking about that right now. I hope that you'll think about your neighbors that are maybe looking for a place to be. I hope that all of us will go out and use this opportunity and this advantage to invite people to come and be with us next week. I think it can be a great, great week. But what we know is we know that we want a deliverer and we know that our world needs a deliverer. Our world is broken, isn't it? It's broken from the beginning. Uh, whenever man turned away from God and sin entered the world, then a lot of things changed about this world. And because of that, we face death, we face turmoil, we face problems, we deal with the consequences of sin. And what we know as Christians is we need a deliverer. Individually, we need a deliverer. As a nation, we need a deliverer. But a lot of times we don't always ask the question, who are we going to for deliverance. This morning we're going to consider the life of Moses, a man that's considered one of the greatest leaders of all time. Uh, he had a lot of ups and downs in his life. When you talk about people who want deliverance, I don't think we can really even comprehend what happens in Exodus chapter 1 and 2. As God's people have gone into Egypt, God told Abram it would happen, and for over 400 years they're in Egypt, and the Egyptians make them slaves. Moses is born as a slave. The command of the government is you put this child to death. You throw him into the Nile. You're going to get rid of him, but his parents aren't willing to do that. And they start to hide the child. We see in Acts chapter 7 that they try to hide this child for three months, but eventually the child gets a little bit, uh, obviously grows, continues to, uh, to develop, and is starting to make a lot of noise, a lot of uh, challenges there. They can't keep him hidden anymore. And a desperate mother takes her three-month-old puts him into a basket and sets him into the Nile River. What does she want? 
She wants deliverance. She can't do the unspeakable. She can't take her own child's life. She's desperate and beyond desperate, and she puts this child into the river. She sends his sister to watch after the basket to see what happens. And we see that God brings about deliverance for Moses as Pharaoh's daughter is going to come down and find this child. She knows it's a Hebrew child, but she takes him in. While she takes him in, his sister runs up and says, well, do you need any help with this new baby? And she says, actually, I do. And, and God delivers Moses in a way that his mother is going to be able to have a hand in raising him and is going to teach him about God, is going to teach him who his people are. But as Moses looks around, what he sees is all of these people who need deliverance. We're supposed to be in a promised land. We're supposed to be blessed, but instead we're slaves and we're facing the hardships and the cruelty of other people and they want deliverance. And in Exodus chapter 2, we see Moses trying to find deliverance for his people. Stephen gives a sermon in Acts chapter 7 that describes a lot of this. He says that at this point, Moses is 40 years old. He's mighty in words and deeds. He is somebody that has been raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He's somebody that has great power, great deliverance. You, fit, you see this 40-year-old man who has great confidence, and as he goes down and sees his people, he knows they need deliverance, and he has figured out how they're going to have it. He thinks he is the deliverer. Look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. It says, One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and he looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and he hid him in the sand. Now Stephen tells us in Acts chapter 7 verse 25 that he supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand. Moses had decided that, you know what, these people need deliverance and you know how they're going to get it? I'm going to provide it for them. How many times have you done the exact same thing? You've had your problems. You've had your difficulties. Sometimes it's money problems. Sometimes it's relationship problems. Other times we can have health issues. We can have other things that come in. We see the hardship of life, and what do we say? I'm going to take care of this. Maybe you're caught in sin. You know what you're doing is not what God wants you to do, but you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take care of this myself. And that's where Moses is. He sees the problem. He sees the mistreatment. He says, I'm going to be the solution. And he comes and he grabs this Egyptian and he kills the man and he takes his life. He buries him into the sand. The next day he comes out and he sees two Hebrews fighting. He says, hey, what are you guys doing? That isn't the, you know, you guys are not the enemy. We're together on this. Well, why would you fight each other? And they say, oh, what are you going to do? Kill us like the Egyptian? And he realizes that the word is out. And Moses' first effort at delivering the children of Israel comes to a great failure because what he does is he runs for his life because he now knows that Pharaoh is going to try to kill him. And Moses leaves. He, fle he flees Pharaoh. He flees Egypt. He goes to the land of Midian. And for 40 years, he's just going to be a shepherd. Finds a wife, has two sons. He's there watching sheep. And then he has a life-changing day. 
Now, he's come to that point because of his own choices, isn't he? He's in exile because of what he decided to do. He's going to have to live with the fact that he's killed a man. He's going to have to live with the fact that he is now an outlaw. He has given up everything that has happened in Egypt. Even though he wanted deliverance for God's people, that wasn't God's plan, and he's dealing with it. And what has he figured out? He's figured out these things are about his choices. His arrogance has brought him to a place where he has now been brought low. When you fast forward then 40 years and we come to another life-changing day for Moses. Read, read that for us in Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. What do you see? He's watching his sheep but he's out on the mountain of God. He comes to a burning bush and he sees this bush on fire and he sees that it's on fire but it's not being consumed. It's not collapsing. It's not falling down. It just continually burns and he turns aside and he wants to see what it is. He comes up to the bush and we see what God says to him. As he says, look, take off your shoes because where you stand is holy ground. And God comes and speaks directly to Moses. You talk about a life-changing day. God appears to him, but we see that he is scared. And a lot of times as you look at this interaction that you see in chapters 3 and 4 of Exodus, we look at Moses' words. Because what Moses is going to do is make excuses, but I don't really want to look at Moses' words this morning. Because Moses isn't the deliverer. God is the one who's the deliverer. He has made a decision that he's going to set his people free. He's going to lift their burdens. He's going to take care of their problems. He's going to come and call Moses in order to help him as God does what he knows he's going to do. Exodus chapter 3 verse 7, it says, The Lord said to him, Surely I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them out of a land to a good and a broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. We see this many times when we think about the burning bush, and we think about Moses, and we see all that he's doing in this interaction with God, but I want to focus in on the words that God uses to describe himself. Look at God's word again. What does God say about himself? He says, I have seen their affliction. You know what happens whenever you're facing hardships? The devil whispers into your ear that God isn't watching. That God doesn't care. But as God is coming to Moses, he's going to come and he's going to call him. But what he's really doing is he's giving us a great picture of who God is. He says, I have seen your affliction. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever your hardship is, whatever problems are pressing down on you, you need to know that God sees it. God says, I have seen your affliction and I have heard their cry. Now, God's timing is different than ours. God's purposes are different than ours. They were there for 400 years dealing as slaves, and they were there for a long period of time. Why? Because God was keeping them together as a people. The Egyptians weren't going to intermingle with them, and for four centuries, these 75 people that go into Egypt grow into a nation of over a million. And even though they're slaves, they are together and they aren't spreading out and they aren't inter intermarrying because God's plan was for them to be this special chosen people and this was part of God's plan but God's plan doesn't always come along with ease God's plan comes along with difficulty they've cried out and they're crying out to him and what does God say I've heard their cry he then says 
I know your sufferings. He knows what the government is doing. He knows what evil people do. He knows the pressures of this world upon them. And he says, I know their sufferings. And then you see what he says in verse 8. I have come down to deliver them. God appears to Moses. And while we talk about Moses being a great leader, all he is going to be is a tool in the hand of Israel's deliverer. For us this morning, as we think about difficulties, as we face difficulties, as we deal with grief, as we deal with sadness, as we deal with difficult physical situations with our health, as we deal with death itself, what do we need? We need a deliverer. And God has described himself for us this morning. He sees our afflictions. He hears our cries. He knows our sufferings. And he has come down to deliver them. If you've had a life-changing day, a day that has crushed you, you understand that desperate need for deliverance. A lot of times it does come with loss. It comes when you lose loved ones. Maybe it's the day that you lose your job. Maybe it's the day that you file for bankruptcy. Maybe it's the day that your marriage fell apart. But devastation comes. Sometimes it's a day of a diagnosis. Sometimes it's a day of a loved one that you have to say goodbye to. But I tell you what you need to know and what you need to hear in those days. You need to hear God's words. God sees. God hears. God knows. God will deliver you. Well, we hear the God's promises. The question is whether we will believe them. And here Moses has a great opportunity to have a second chance. We serve a God of second chances. A lot of times in our life, we think we know what's going on. We thought we had full confidence. In our same arrogant way, just like Moses said, I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to take control of this situation. And everything falls on his face. We find ourselves there many times, don't we? Well, we thought we were going to be the solution. But as we get up off of our face, we need to understand we serve a God who will give us another chance. And that's what God has done for Moses. Forty years have passed. He's 80 years old. And God comes to him and says, look, I can use you still to deliver my people. But Moses has a question for God. Look at what he asked him in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to these people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Moses has heard this call from God and he doesn't come up and say, I'm going to be the solution. He's wondering who he is. He's now humbled. He doesn't think he's the one to do it, but he realizes that God is calling him to do something, that God wants to deliver people. And he says, well, who should I say is sending me? And God simply gives him this phrase. He says, tell them I am sent you. The God who sees, the God who hears, 
The God who knows, the God who delivers, says, I'll tell you the name that I have for him, I am. What's God saying? I was there at the beginning. I am right now, and I will be on the other side of the deliverance I'm about to show you. The God that we serve, when it comes to a deliverer, a deliverer has to be powerful. He has to have the ability to do these things. He's going to have to have great power, great knowledge, great ability. And as they come and say, well, who is this? Who is this God that you're saying is going to make a difference? God not only tells us what he sees, knows, hears, and wants to do, he tells us who he is. I am eternal. I am forever. I was here before you ever came into existence. I spoke you into existence. I am here in every moment of your today, and I will be here throughout all time. I am. I am is the one who will deliver you. And God points out who the one is to bring about deliverance. But Moses is going to have to accept who he was and who he is. And he's willing to do that. God says, I was, I am, I will be. In the revelation, they say, him who was, who is, and who is to come as they sing his praises in heaven. Our deliverer is the one who has always been and is the one who always will be. In verse 17 of Exodus 3, he says, I promise I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, to the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a, man, a land flowing with milk and honey. What's God's message to Moses? I will be your deliverer. Now on this day, after a number of questions, a number of excuses, Moses decides that he will recognize and accept God as his deliverer. And I would say that this was forever a life-changing day for him. At 80 years old, after a number of problems, a number of poor choices, he has a life-changing day, and he says, I'm going to let God be my deliverer. And once Moses accepts this, everything changes. I want you to see what he did. He's the deliverer. I kill a man and now I'm a murderer. What am I going to do with the body? He buries this man in the sand. Word gets out and all of a sudden people know about what I've done. Now I'm running for my life and all these problems come. But once he realizes God's the deliverer, what happens? He's going to sit back there in chapter 14 and he's going to call out to the Israelites who are afraid that they're going to die because they see the Egyptian army coming. They see the Red Sea in front of him. And what does he say? Step back and see the salvation of God. And he raises not Moses' rod. He raises God's rod. And all of a sudden they're going to see the salvation. You read in those ch chapters that are following all the plagues that God is going to send. He's going to show his power. Egypt is going to be toppled. All of these people are not only going to come out of Egypt, but they're going to be given all the riches of Egypt as they leave. He's going to come back to this mountain where the burning bush is. He's going to be given guidance that's going to keep these people together until the coming of the Son of Man. Moses has a life-changing day, and from that point forward, God is going to deliver them. Do you wish you could see a burning bush? Do you wish that you could have a visual representation of God? If he would just show up, I've had people that have been doubting say, you know what, if God would just do this, then I would believe. But I would suggest to you that God has made himself 
known to us as well. God's made himself known to us in so many ways that Moses didn't have. Moses didn't know the story from the beginning. Moses hasn't seen all the steps of what God has done. Moses couldn't sit back and, and revel and think about what God has done for us, about the sending of his son and the revealed word that we have. God has given us so much to know who he is from our rising of the sun to the going down of the same. We can see him, we can know him, and he's revealed himself to us. But man's ability to ignore his creator is unbelievably strong. God makes himself known, but we have a choice to make. Once again, man has a life-changing day. The religious people in Jerusalem have the opportunity to be in the presence of God once again. But it's God in the flesh. These individuals who have been reading about Moses, who could tell you every fact about Moses, who could talk about how God delivered Israel from Egypt, they could tell you everything about deliverance. Right in front of them is sitting the deliverer of God, and they want to reject him. Why? He's not the deliverer we're looking for. Some of them wanted a political deliverance. They want this nation and the way that the government is ruling to be different, and that's the type of the deliverer deliverance they were looking for. Some of them wanted somebody to stand up and to fight and to go against the Roman armies and try to take them out. They were looking for a physical deliverer. They were looking for all the problems of this world to go away and for their life to be easier. And Jesus wasn't coming to simply make life easier. He was coming for a spiritual kingdom to change them forever. But they aren't looking for that kind of deliverer. They wanted this world to be their reward. And sometimes that was where we are as well. We want everything right in this world instead of deliverance and a ticket into the next world. Well, Jesus is there. Jesus is talking to him in John chapter 8. If you will, open your Bibles to that passage. <clears throat> they had another plan. The Jews, many of them, wanted to be their own deliverer as well. If you look back at what Jesus is talking to them about, see, they had come up with the way that they were going to deliver themselves. You know what? If I follow all the rules, then we can deliver ourselves. We don't need this Jesus guy. If I study everything that the Jews did and I sit there and try to make sure that I follow all of these guidelines of Moses, maybe I can do enough good to be righteous. And don't we do that sometimes? I need deliverance from the things that I'm doing, so maybe I go out and I do some more good things, or maybe I give to some good cause, or maybe I go and I serve a little bit, or I go and, and do something special at church, or maybe I'm coming together and I'm going to worship God, because maybe if I can be good enough and I can do enough things, then I can deliver myself. And just like Moses, we make the exact same mistake. We think deliverance is about us, about what we can do, about our ability about our righteousness. And as powerful as Moses was and as good a leader as he could have been at 40 years old, he didn't get it because he thought it was about him. Are you making the same mistake today? Is your deliverance about you? Or is it about the Lord? Jesus comes and he says this in verse 54. He says, as he's speaking to them, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. 
if you were to say that I did not know him, I would be, if, I, if I were to say I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. What's Jesus just told them? I am. Jesus has just told them that I am the one who was and who is and who will forever be. John tells us at the beginning of this gospel in chapter one that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus has just revealed to all of these religious people who were looking for deliverance, who believed in God and wanted to follow him, I am the one. I am the God who has come to deliver you. I was, I am, and I forever will be. I am. And what did they do? They rejected him. Jesus, as he comes and he declares that I am, what's he saying? He says, I'm the same one that was speaking from the bush to Moses. And what did I tell you? I've seen your afflictions. I hear your cries. I know your sufferings. I will deliver you. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and will be the same tomorrow. And Moses was there at a time of desperation, needing deliverance. Jesus knew that all of us would be at times in our lives where we are crying out because we're suffering. We're seeing the brokenness of the world, and it's affecting us, and it's weighing us down. And he says, I see it, I know it, I hear it, and I will deliver you. The question is, will we allow him to be our deliverer? Or will we keep on trying to handle our problems ourselves. I would say to you today that being a disciple of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is not about delivering yourselves. It's about allowing him to deliver you. The question that we have to ask as we close this morning is, will you let him give you a life-changing day? To have a deliverer, you have to realize that you're not powerful enough and it takes humility. To need a deliverer, you need to know that you have a problem, that sin's not going to be okay in my life, and I've been struggling with this long enough, and I can't take care of this, and I can't bury it all in the sand. I need somebody who will lift this off of me, and that's why I need a deliverer. It t takes us stepping away from all the things and the work that needs to be done and say, look, I'm not powerful enough to handle this. I'm going to walk in faith with the one who said he will promise me deliverance. Will you let him give you a life-changing day? You know what the Jews did when they heard that Jesus said, I am? Verse 59 said, so they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. I'm afraid many times we're tempted to do the exact same thing. Jesus says, just come to me. I'll deliver you from your problems but we push him away.
We bend over and we pick up stones. He might as well be dead because we're not going to rely on him. We're going to rely on us. We're not going to listen to him. We're just going to listen to the world. We're not going to humble ourselves and fall on our face in front of him and say, we believe that you are the one who can deliver us. Instead, we keep walking around thinking we need to do one more good thing or one more good action or we'll try to change some things about our lives, but we won't give ourselves to the one who will deliver us. We think I'll work hard enough, I'll be good enough, I'll do things that are good, and I just hope maybe that'll be enough for me to be delivered. And Jesus says, I don't want you to simply hope, I want you to know. Will you accept me as your deliverer? When Moses did that, everything changed. And when we do that, when we let the Lord Jesus and his will be the center of our life, everything changes. I want to ask you this morning, how many of you have had a life-changing day because of Jesus Christ? How many of you have had a life-changing day because of Jesus Christ? You can raise your hand. It's okay. If you have. You think about those moments in time where there's difficulty and pain and sorrow, but many times, those of us that are Christians, we can go back and maybe it was the day that you came up here and your family gathered around and you were buried in the waters of baptism and you came up knowing that your sins are gone. That salvation is yours, that you've been delivered. It wasn't because of work that you have done. It's because you are going to humble yourself. You told other people, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And you know that Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him I'm going to confess before my Father who's in heaven. And you have the promise of Jesus that he's going to confess your name to the Father. Maybe it was the day that you heard Jesus say, Look, you've got to repent. You've got to change your life. Repent or you will perish. And you said, you know what? I've got to live differently, and I'm going to. You came and said, I want to be buried, and I want this old life and these old problems washed away, and by obedience to God and his will, your life was forever changed. If you have a deliverer and you remember your deliverance, I want to tell you something this week. You need to go out and talk to somebody who hasn't been delivered. If you're here and your life has forever been changed because of Jesus, don't you dare go out this week and keep that to yourself. Tell somebody else who needs it. You might be here this morning and say, you know what, I've never really had that day. I haven't had that moment. If you haven't had that day, then talk to somebody who has. Ask about what you need to know. Decide in your life what you need to do and make a decision to let God be your deliverer. We come together as flawed people. We come together with all kinds of problems and difficulties, but we come into the presence of a deliverer who knows, who hears, who sees, and who will deliver. If we can help you in your walk with him in any way, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.